One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by another Happy Studios. This week we're celebrating Christmas in the summer because it's time for The Runaway Bride. Hello, welcome to Still Got Legs, the only other podcast in the world. My name is Nathan. I'm joined, as always, by my... Go- oh, no, I, no, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> Lawrence isn't here. Um, he's dead. Um, no, he's not. But I'm joined this week by Catherine from the Missing Mystic Falls podcast instead. Hello, Catherine. Hello. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas. <laughs> Christmas in July, a rare occurrence, but I'm happy to celebrate it. How are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing good, thanks. Perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, so you're from the Missing Mystic Force podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that briefly? Yes. So we are a Vampire Diaries rewatch podcast. So we're going through, me and my two friends are going through every single episode of the show, looking at it with some love, some criticism, and uh, trying to find redeeming qualities wherever we can. <laughs> that, that, I'm sure that's a difficult job as sometimes... We're in the glory days right now because we've just wrapped <laughs> yeah. up season one. It's going to get really, really bad in some points. I can. Im- How many episodes of that show are there? So there's eight seasons and about Jesus. 20 episodes a season. Yeah. So it's a long time. This is the next few wow. years of my life. <laughs> yeah. We have we have a schedule for um, for this podcast, and I've I've mapped out every episode so far because this show is still ongoing yeah. um, and the the we will be releasing the episodes where Jodie Whittaker regenerates into David Tennant the power of the doctor on uh, the 11th of May 2026 so that's God. something to look forward to that's the next three years of my <laughs> life um, but yeah no uh, Missing Mystic Falls it's a great podcast I enjoy it very much I, I've told you this before but never seen a single episode of The Vampire Diaries in my life um, but I still enjoy listening and trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this in this bizarre show um, but yeah it's a lot of fun so I'd recommend everyone 
uh, go check that out. Um, but yes, yeah, so you're filling in to look for Lauren today. So thank you very much for that. He's he's not dead. He's just unavailable today. Something yeah. came up on his end. Um, so Catherine just agreed to fill in for him. Um, and yeah, today we're going to be talking about the runaway bride. Before we do that, because this is a Doctor Who podcast, I just want to quickly ask, like, where are you at with Doctor Who? What's your, who's your doctor? What's your favorite era? This kind of stuff. Just a brief rundown. So, I'm... Um classic russell t davis era gal um like i i remember like distinctly the first time i watched it um it was literally the first episode in 2005 my parents sat me and my siblings down and were like okay this is a big deal get ready for it we're all gonna (laughs) watch doctor who together um and i've watched episodes for i know the russell t davis by the back of my hand and i know most of the moffat era pretty well um i kind of fell off a little bit um towards um capaldi's it wasn't really anything it was it wasn't like my favorite time of the show but i still really liked there's a lot of great episodes in there um and then i've seen like some whitaker stuff and ready to jump back on board for the 60th okay yeah cool cool me me, yeah a a lot of people are in the same boat really is i feel like People kind of um, around about, I don't know how old you are, but around about our age, I'm probably just massively in solid you there. I'm no, sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, I'm but 27, like, uh, people... so I feel like it's people around okay. my age. Yeah, we're fine then. Um, but yeah, people of like of our generation who kind of like grew up as, it, as the show came on, really. We kind of like grew up with Doctor Who, like, and as it would delved into the Moffat years, the Peter Capaldi era, uh, people started to drop off because it just wasn't, it's still a kids show at heart it's still a family-friendly kids show and it probably doesn't have that same appeal i've never dropped off because i'm just a fucking nerd and i love the show um it has been a little bit tough at times i will admit there has been some eras and episodes which have not been my favorite um but but overall yeah i still love it i still uh well i'm doing a fucking podcast about it so (laughs) Here we are. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is The Runaway Bride. Uh, either the first episode of season three or the last episode of series two. It depends on how you classify it. I don't think even the BBC know, really. It's very confusing. Um, it's written by Russell T. Davies, directed by Eurus Lynn. And uh, just generally, what are your thoughts up top about this, Catherine? So I don't know when was the last time I saw it before now, because I think I've rewatched like most of Doctor Who, the, the Russell T era, but maybe not the Christmas specials as much. Okay, um, so yeah. coming back to it, it felt like it had been a long time, but I, I really enjoyed it. I do think it benefits a lot from liking Donna as a character. Yeah, it does. Yeah. In retrospect, like I don't know, first I think first time people weren't as keen on her, but like coming back to it, she's still Donna. So I think yeah. there's a lot of warmth like naturally there. Yeah, and that's true. Catherine Tate has like... There's, there's something great about Catherine Taylor where she's got like this hostility about her, but it's, I don't know, once you get to know her, it's endearing, yeah. really. Like it can be off-putting if you don't necessarily know her because straight away she's like, who the fuck are you? What am I doing here? <laughs> Which is fair enough. It was her wedding day and suddenly she's in a spaceship. Um, but yeah, she is very hostile quite off the bat. But I, I quite enjoy that. Straight away we get that like, 10 donna banter which yeah. you know is a staple of series for a, a lot of people's favorite um and yeah it, it's it's a good way to kick it off it's a nice contrast from what has been yeah really. it's the complete opposite of the adoration of rose yes. and the, the deep love between them of starting them a little bit on hostile terms i mean in terms of like 
chronologically, David Tennant's literally just come from saying goodbye to Rose. So he's gone from having his heart broken mm -hmm. to Donna just yelling at him and slapping him across the face and all this sort of stuff. So his mind's a roller coaster at this point. I, I wrote here, she's a lot like Jackie in that sense. And like, she's, there's kind of like no bullshit with her. She's, he's, I think like a lot of the companions are quite, uh, there's this awe about the TARDIS and, and the Doctor and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, this is amazing and everything. But Donna's like, yeah, yeah it's all right. But like, what am I doing here really though? Well, she, uh, she slaps the Doctor. So that she's added yeah. to the club with well, Jackie. Well, there we go. The, <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think. Has anyone else? I'm surely someone else has Martha's slapped the doctor. By the Martha's, but in terms of chronologically yeah. at this point, um, probably, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, that's great. Um, uh, the doctor asks Donna uh, if she's human, and she says, "Is that optional?" Uh, and the doctor goes, "It is for me." Interesting little tease about what's to come. How much do you think they had? Sorry, how much do you think they had? mapped out in terms of donna returning because it leads really nicely into like her arc in season four it does it, it does to be honest i from what i understand it, it was never intended like she was just supposed to be a one-off companion um and there was and you know she's just the christmas special guest really at the time Catherine tate was quite well known because the Catherine tate show she did her comedy and that type of stuff and it was really just like the the big guest for the christmas episode i guess um and and then she came back full time i don't think it was ever intended though um so there is like if you watch the first episode of of series four there's a bit of like uh a, a bit of retconning really um because like she says you know at the end of it she's going to travel she's going to start a whole new life and that sort of stuff and then at series four she's like oh no i never got around to any of that like <laughs> yeah uh which is quite fun um but but yeah it's 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 an interesting point um i i often try to think with doctor who like how much of this is planned out in advance but then i often think oh they're not that clever i think a lot of this is just made up as they go along really <laughs> He would have known she would have been like available to do a whole season. Like it's not like it would have been yeah. a year later, so she would have no idea what she could or couldn't commit to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One thing I I love about Catherine Tate is the companion. Like I think she obviously loves the show, but she knows fuck all about Doctor Who. <laughs> and it's yes. so funny. I love that. I love like whenever you get like a panel at Comic Con or just, or just whatever, and Catherine Tate's there, and you know audience q a's are those i always hate them because yeah. it's always just the most cringeworthy questions um, but whenever someone asks her something she's just like i don't know <laughs> she she doesn't have she's um she's almost like harrison ford in that respect yeah. like harrison ford is just a great uh, i i have a lot of respect for the way that he just cannot stand star wars <laughs> and wants nothing to do with it almost like christopher eccleston as well <laughs> um rose's t-shirt is just hanging off a rail in the tardis um where's that come from that seems pretty strange yeah doesn't it? it's it's her jacket but also <laughs> why i don't understand how it's not a, there's a closet in the tardis like why yeah. is rose just leaving shit everywhere <laughs> she wasn't wearing that in the episode she <laughs> no. left either it seems seems honestly it just seems like a bit of a plot convenience really but hey the last person we saw hanging out in that tardis was jackie it could have been <laughs> imagine imagine if it was jackie's and the doctor's just moments with jackie 
<laughs> that would be quite fun, actually. The Doctor just gets emotional heartbreak over Jackie. I have emotional heartbreak over Jackie, so so that's fair. <laughs> so, so they get back to Earth. They're trying to uh, get to the wedding with Donna. Um, I like that Ten asks her. He's not a bit overweight with a zip around his forehead, is he? Um, it's a shame we never see this Levine again, really, up yeah. until this point. We see- do you like this Levine? I do. We see them in Sarah jo- Is there a baby Slovene? We do. <laughs> there is a, a a child Slovene in yeah. Sarah Jane, yeah. Yeah, they're a, which which they're is a lot good, fun. Um, monster from the the like era that like that don't get brought back. Yeah, I like them. They've got a good design. I re- I really hope Russell brings them back. Um, now that he's coming back with it, I'd absolutely love to see an updated version of that. Yeah, do you think that we're the world's re- um still ready for farty aliens? I don't know if I'm ready for it because honestly, that was a tough one to get through. Uh, watching that episode, oh, that was that was tough for a lot of it. But uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe they can update it uh, a little bit. There's a line that's always seemed weird to me when they're trying to get a taxi, and then Catherine Tate says they think I'm in drag. Like, so does that stand out to you for any way? Well, look. In like the noughties, the most insulting thing to say to a woman is she looks uh, like a drag queen. Yeah, okay. Na- that's... Now it's a supreme compliment, I think. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. But, but first she's they, she says they think she's in fancy dress. Yeah. But if you saw someone dre- like as a bride, I wouldn't immediately assume that's an expensive fancy dress outfit because it's a proper wedding yeah. dress that she's in. Yeah, that's grand, thousands of pounds of money mm-hmm. at least, so... Yeah, she just looks like a bride. Okay. Like if you if if I saw that on the street, I'd be like, oh, she's off to a wedding yeah. or something. But yeah, and then they're like, well, you're drunk. Like, what? Why? Why is she drunk? She's trying to get a taxi. Also, look, okay, people do heckle out in the street. I'm not saying that, but the the volume of heckles that she gets yeah. in a 30 seconds <laughs> is outrageous. Does, it does seem quite excessive. <laughs> The people of London slash Cardiff have absolutely <laughs> no love for uh, for Donna Noble. Um, speaking of which, I have a note here. I'll never drop this love slash hatred I have for the London Cardiff um, filming. I have a note. Where is it? Um, ah, yes. One of those famous London blue buses in the background. <laughs> just because there was just a little Cardiff bus just going across in the background. So... Very fun. I enjoy that quite a lot. You know London. You're from. Are you from London? I'm not from London. I moved to London um, just over two years ago, so I don't know okay. it well enough to like notice all the tiny little different <laughs> that the blue bus I could okay. tell. But other than that, I'm not like, yeah. an expert. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I'm by no means an expert. I moved there for university, and I lived there for a few years. Um, but yeah, it's it's just something that once I notice it, I just I cannot get it out of my head, and it just. It, it's so nitpicky i get that like it's so stupid and it means nothing but for some reason it just eats at me and i just can't let it go it does make me laugh that every single one of the russell era companions are set in london like he easily could yeah. have set one in cardiff like, and just and just have cardiff exactly you can set it somewhere else it wasn't until amy came along that there was someone set outside of london yeah. so yeah it, it just seems strange to me um, but there we go. This was also really of the time is Donna knowing multiple phone numbers to ring. Uh, with, oh, she yeah. had them all memorized, got to a payphone <laughs> and just put them all in at once. First of all, payphone. Yeah. Truly bizarre. <laughs> Second of all, if you ask me to, to give a number right now, I can give you my own number, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, other than that, not a fucking chance, mate. No idea. <laughs> yeah, not a single one. <sighs> Amazes me. That is a skill. That is a true skill if you can do that. Uh, <laughs> I just got, and that goes double for your mother from Catherine Tate. I'd, I'd love to know what she said before that to, to give the double for your mother bit. That's, that seems <laughs> great. She's, again, just that fiery attitude from Donna, which, which I love so much. And the whole just like frantic nature of a taxi sequence, because it is literally just two people trying to get a taxi but somehow it's it seems quite tense it's like mm -hmm. the stakes seem high even though they're not really it seems quite intense and dramatic and it's weird how i don't know i guess it's just entertaining like how they can take something that's quite mundane but make it seem end of the world scenario really i mean it is for Donna though. It's her wedding day, so well, that yeah, helps. Like it's like is, the biggest day of her life, and she has yeah. no time for this alien shit, which adds a really fun <laughs> dynamic to it. I guess that's true. I've never necessarily thought about it from the the point of view of it being her wedding day, mm. and that does make like the whole I don't care about you, fucking Martian man in this spaceship and everything. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Oh well done, you've opened my eyes to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um the robot santas are back um how do you feel about these uh, kind of classic not really classic uh monsters so feel a little bit like in this era of doctor who when they did their christmas episodes they wanted them just adventures set at christmas and then they add mm. little bits as opposed yeah. to moffat when i feel like they're proper christmas stories and they like, like fairy tales lessons. yeah yeah um, so they're clearly just like we've got to make it christmasly let's bring the santas back and let's bring the christmas tree back whether or not it makes any decision <laughs> any any reasoning any logical sense yeah. it doesn't but <laughs> whatever yeah me and lauren said in the um in the last christmas episode we did it's it's kind of just christmas iconography for the sake of it yeah. really purely because it's christmas we've got to throw in some christmas stuff in there but does it really make sense if you think about it for more than two minutes? Yeah, not really, but a lot of Doctor Who doesn't, so <laughs> fuck it, really. I, um, I don't think you want to have that attitude when you have no. a, a podcast dedicated to talking no. about it. <laughs> uh, I, I try so hard not to have that attitude. <laughs> no, don't I think, think about is... it too much. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> yeah. I, I try not to, but then this is where like I have we have a semi-regular recurring segment called Nathan Nitpicks a Thing, where I just cannot let something go. And I just need to to speak about it. Um, yeah, so Robot Santa kidnaps Donna. Um, and then this sets us off on a whole chase sequence with the TARDIS. For, what year was it? This was 2006? I am surprised at how good this looks. It looks all right, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, I like I saw The Flash about two or three weeks ago, okay? <laughs> This looks better than The Flash. <laughs> like, for a movie that just came out and cost like 200 billion or whatever and looks like absolute shit, this weird little sci fi show from 2006 looks so much better. I agree so much. <laughs> I, I saw The Flash last week and. It Rough, was, right? <laughs> it was honestly the closest I've ever come to. I've never wanted to leave a cinema. It's the closest yeah. I've ever come. I was with my brother and I turned to him at one point where it was a scene with Ezra and Ezra and I was like, I think I have to go. I can't, <laughs> I can't carry on doing this. And then the CGI managed to get worse. Oh yeah. It gets so much worse. Yeah. That is, that is a rough, right? Honestly, relatable. What you just said is like needing to go. I, I feel that. Um, 
yeah, I, I was genuinely, I was really surprised at how good this looks. So you've got a, a TARDIS flying about traffic and, and crashing along the motorway and stuff, and it genuinely looks quite good. I think they, like, obviously filmed it, like, in the... They do a lot of this stuff later on in Doctor Who where they would film it, like, on the actual set of the TARDIS and then put, like, a green screen around the door or something so you've got that, like, depth effect. Like, they haven't just put, like you know, like a picture of the console room behind David Tennant, which they often do. Um, they actually get the the depth right and stuff, and it looks so good. It's really impressive. I, I really like that scene. I thought it was tense. I thought it looked great. My only, if I were to nitpick, would be the two little children <laughs> applauding, <laughs> waving. Yeah. Very oh, cheesy. I feel like that's, yeah, that's just like a, oh, it's Christmas. Let's yeah. have some kids celebrating sort of thing. But if I was like the dad in the car, I'd have been like, what the fuck are you two doing? Like, <laughs> What are you yelling at back there? Uh, yeah, that is pretty cheesy, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoy that chase sequence. I like how the Doctor's, like, controlling the TARDIS with, like, a bit of string and his teeth yeah. and just pulling it along and stuff. And <laughs> as well, like, how the TARDIS just cannot take it as well. Like, he pushes it to the limit, and then they get Donna out of there, and then it's just like, no, nah, I'm fucked now, mate. Like, I need I need an hour or two just to recover from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such like a kid about the TARDIS. I love any time they have to do something like really practically with it. Like any time they have to like flick a switch, press a button, yeah. do a thing, and you see the close-up of them doing it. I love it every single time. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I I struggle with it because I love it. I'd love it in different versions of the TARDIS, but <laughs> I have a real beef with this console room. Like, I I will say during this chase sequence and like with the depth effect and stuff, it does look quite good. I think it's lit in a way, like the brighter it is, the better it looks. But usually when it's quite dingy and when it's like, I don't know, it just looks a mess to me. I don't <laughs> like it. I feel like if you flicked a switch on that console, it would just fall off completely. Yeah. And... Nothing would happen. I do think this interior suits um, Chris Eccleson's doctor a lot more than it suits David Tennant. Like, David Tennant's sharp. He's in a suit. He, like, always has perfectly coffered hair. Like, he doesn't have, like, a dingy little TARDIS, but... It is a bit of a shame that they didn't really change anything uh, for David Tennant. Like, he's got the same screwdriver, same... Uh, same TARDIS, same like psychic paper. Well, I mean, he always has the same psychic paper, but just nothing about him really changes other than, like him himself yeah. really um which is a bit of a shame i'd like to see a bit of more individuality about it but you know it is what it is on or just on that bit i love um the i'm in my wedding dress and he's like yes you look lovely like straight away <laughs> yeah. building their little rapport it's so fun that is good that is good it's it's easy to see why like people wanted Catherine tate to come back and why she did come back because like I said, straight away, they're just hitting it off with that banter. And it is, it's so much fun. It must have been difficult to go from uh, this, this episode to then go through season three, where it's, it's, look, I absolutely love Martha as a character. I think she's a great character and I love her to pieces and I'll defend her to the end of the earth. Um, But I feel like the relationship with her and the doctor it's it's his fault because he's too mopey and he and he doesn't give her enough of a chance. But it's it's just not as dynamic, yeah. Really, and that means it's not as fun. Look, 
I fucking love Martha Jones and I will be listening for when you get to her because <laughs> I fight with so many people about talking about what a terrible character is because she is okay. in the fucking right and she's a great, great character. She's in the right through all of season three. Yeah. She's so good. And she go. we mentioned this recently, like when she showed up in um, the, the, uh, the, the finale of series two, not Martha, but the actress, um, like she goes through a lot of shit because of the doctor. Like he puts her through so much, and at the end of it, like yeah, she's right to walk away because fuck this guy basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that. And Lawrence better watch out because <laughs> Catherine will come for him. <laughs> um, yeah. So the TARDIS shits the bed basically. Cannot handle it. Needs a bit of time to recover. A scene actually shot in London bizarrely i cheered i stood up and i cheered when you saw the uh, last minute.com london eye <laughs> yeah i did yeah i loved it it was great um a ni- nice little moment i like that 10 gets to like reference uh the palace day and having christmas dinner with the tylers and that type of stuff that was that was quite cute um just a nice little moment of bonding between the two of them really it was like at that point, Catherine Tate, our lover, had been operating on like an 11 the entire time. Like, yeah. so it was nice. Then you get this like little moment where she feels a little bit more real and there's like a genuine interaction between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like there was a moment earlier, like when um, when she picked up like Rose's jacket and she's like, oh, I'm not the first one. What you, How many you had? And then obviously the doctor is like, oh, fuck, I'm depressed again. <laughs> and um I, I feel like she realizes she stepped in it there yeah. and she's like what do you mean lost and he's just classic man pain sad face doesn't really say anything <laughs> um, and then i feel like she gets a little bit more of him at this point and then she asks him about her again but just straight away the doctor's like oh no i want to talk about something else um so let's let's not face any of my emotions head on let's not deal with any of that let's just let's just move on Ah, uh, yeah, here's something. Um, they're talking about um, how she met Lance, uh, the guy she marries. And, like, you know, you get the whole thing of her, like, temping, working at H.C. Clemens. Um, they meet over coffee and this type of stuff. And then it goes through this whole thing where Donna's just, like, begging him, absolutely yeah. begging him to marry her. And, ah, uh, I didn't like that. It just felt really hashtag women be crazy yeah a little bit i in general i actually think russell t davis writes really real women and writes female Mm -hmm. characters that feel so real like i i know who rose is i know roses i know donna's but he does have a tendency of writing women (laughs) that are really desperately in love with the male characters yeah Oh, he does. Yeah. Yes. So this is another example of her being so <laughs> desperate for Lance yeah. of all people. I, I've always said never trust someone in HR. And this <laughs> is clear. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I don't know. It just, it felt, it, honestly, it felt sexist to me watching it. It just didn't necessarily seem, it doesn't fit the Donna we know no. as well. Like, I, I at no point do I believe the Donna we know from series four would be begging someone to marry them. It's... No, the Donna we know in series four is like confident. She's flirty when yeah. she wants to be, and she's kind of unashamed yeah, exactly. of that. She's not like, I, I guess. Oh, you... please, 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 please marry me like no. a little puppy. After just like a begging. few months, like begging to get married. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ex- and 
Exactly. It seems, and probably not even that because they would have needed a bit of time to plan the wedding. So, like, how quickly was she doing that? I don't know. It seems seems strange. It le- just left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Was she really? She also said she'd get rid of the dog. So, where is the dog? Wait, what was that? What was that? Oh, she had. Oh, oh yeah, she did, didn't she? Okay. See, oh, see, I don't like don't that. Like <laughs> and we never hear from the dog again. So that dog is gone. Gone. Oh no, I don't like that. Oh, that's an immediate red flag in a relationship. 100%. If someone says like, if someone wants you to get rid of a dog, or someone says they'll get rid of a dog for you, oh no, don't do that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's let's say time me why me shit changed on her <laughs> somehow. I don't know what happened. Um, I think she is absolutely right though to be pissed off that they had the reception without her. What? Right, Donna's family are insane. <laughs> she literally disappeared in front of them. Like it wasn't a yes. trick. It wasn't like she hid behind no. a thing. She fully they disappeared. They saw it. It's on video. It's the same clip as the episode, but it's on yeah. video. <laughs> And they just have the party anyway. Yeah. If it happened to me, um, which would be a weird thing, but if, you know, like if if I if I was in Donna's shoes and I got to the reception and I saw my fiance partying with someone else and all this sort of stuff, you absolutely would be pissed off. It would be insane. Um and then just everyone being like, Well, where have you been? What what's going on? Where have you been? All all like going off at her essentially. It's you're right, it's it's so fucking bizarre that they're just like oh, this is your fault for some reason. They do. It's really funny, actually. They sat Donna up almost like with what we're saying about her and Lance and her family not really liking her as an unlikable character. But in this episode, she is likable. Yeah, she is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Massively. Lance is very unlikable, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh yeah she is absolutely right to be angry I, I would be too whatever they have a bit of an ease up they have um a bit of well, fun we're gonna say donna, well donna cries and everyone applauds yes <laughs> classic i don't know i feel i feel like that's also a little bit of me and lawrence call them russellisms um just a little bit of oh we'll have the woman cry because that's that's just a thing that they do, I guess. And she I wasn't know. really sad, so she was just no, yeah. manipulating her. Is that what we're meant to think? I guess so. I do like the little wink she gives yeah. uh, the doctor there, and then he's got a little smug grin. That is pretty fun. But yeah, all around, just a few odd choices there. <laughs> um, yeah, they they have their reception. There's a bit of a 
bit of a sad moment where Ten sees just a random blonde woman dancing and then he he just gets flashbacks to Rose because I guess that's just going to happen for the rest of his life now whenever he sees... Any blonde woman. (laughs) Yeah, just any blonde woman. He's like, oh, no, I'm so depressed and in pain and all this sort of stuff. It's also pitched like, because he sees the woman dancing with a guy and then he's like, remember it. And I think you're meant to think, oh, it's a romantic moment between him and Rose. But isn't it her like collapsing on him? It is. And I don't think it's Rose. I think it's Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah. (laughs) So, so, yeah, weird weird choice. Um, Fondly remembers that time. What are your thoughts? Because obviously you you wasn't this is your first time on the show. You have wasn't with us to talk talk about the episodes. What are your thoughts on like the whole ten rows dynamic and that sort of stuff? I think it gets lumped in with all the companions being in love with the Doctor, which I understand yes. they were in love. But I I just think it's a really beautiful relationship that they build really well, and I think yeah. they start building it in the Chris Eccleston era and follow yeah. it through. Um, and I think they have fantastic chemistry together um, oh, so I, I do like it but i you understand why everyone's like oh why can't we have a companion that's not in love with the doctor which is why so many people love donna yes yeah i feel like it's it's okay to have a companion who is in love with the doctor especially because she was the first one really yeah. because like i don't know if you've watched much if any classic who um i haven't but from what i understand not none of them wherever there was never any like romantic stuff going on um i feel like they kind of retconned some stuff with sarah jane to be like oh she was always in love with the doctor but i don't think that was ever the case <laughs> in her actual run um but yeah um it's it's perfectly fine to have like a character who is in love with him um but but then yeah i think especially with martha following on it does definitely start a trend um which does die off thankfully but it it does start a trend which can be exhausting really especially back to back and then you have kylie minogue in the christmas special as well i know (laughs) i was thinking about that the other day i was like i can't believe kylie is in doc because she's been in there recently i was like it's crazy she was in an episode of doctor who it's it's bizarre as the show goes on there's so many bizarre just like <laughs> actors british actors who aren't quite famous enough yet and then like andrew garfield shows up at one point yeah, carrie it's mulligan carrie mulligan yeah, yeah it's, it's so many just um before their time superstars which is <laughs> a lot of fun um where was we uh yeah ten remembers rose um yeah like i said the footage that the cameraman shows him it's literally just the opening of the episodes i'm so lazy i always hate that not even a different (laughs) angle no it's just like (laughs) the dramatic zoom close-up of donna as she screams and yeah it's i always hate that just get a different angle of it how difficult can it be it's one of the least christmasy christmas episodes i think it is to be honest yeah Yeah. there's there's not much christmas stuff in it really other than like like you say like the iconography because it's also maybe about a wedding like it's more of a wedding episode than a christmas episode yeah and and i feel like that's um like you were saying earlier the you know the moth episodes they do tend to like dive into the christmas theme a little bit more and they're a little bit more like magical and fairy tales and that type of stuff and um i i i'd say i'd prefer those types of christmas specials Me too. really i do want them to bring the specials back though because like even in my low times of watching doctor who we always watch the christmas specials yeah yeah they are coming back are so yeah. yeah we're getting a christmas special this year which i think is uh shooting out his first full episode 
So, yeah, that's exciting. The Rachnos is um, a big, gross spider lady. <laughs> um, what, what do you think about the Rachnos? Great character design. I Great, think yeah. She looks good. Um, I like the actual idea. Do I don't want to talk bad about a specific actress, but I think they maybe overplayed it a little bit at times. I don't know who she is, but she really no, yeah. hams up every single scene that she's in. She really does. And I, and I don't want to give away my card for any certain segments <laughs> that may or may not be coming up, but we will talk more about this later. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's definitely some hamming up at certain points. But again, though, great design. Love a, a, a big campy Doctor Who monster. I mean, it's a big fucking alien spider, like... And I love that they they actually went, oh, yeah, let's actually make this. Let's not just get, like, a bad CGI thing. We'll make this yeah. big fucking spider thing. And it looks great. Looks so good. I really appreciate the idea of Donna um, trying to build up some dramatic tension before Lance uh, attacks the Rachnos. She's like, <laughs> a spider's just a spider and an axe is an axe. She knows the cinematic quality of a good attack <laughs> sequence. It reminds me of the moment me and Lawrence absolutely love in the very first episode where Rose builds up some dramatic tension before she swings <laughs> on the um, talking about her A-levels and whatever. We love Britain's that moment. greatest gymnast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot of fun. I just love weird out of place moments where characters somehow know they're in a TV show and trying to build it up. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, so then we get the Lance reveal. Like, he's been evil all along or whatever. What a prick, man. They have an unironic double evil giggle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they reveal they that do. he's evil the whole time, they yeah. both laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they do actually yeah that's i didn't think about that um just a prick though right just an absolute awful and yeah. when he lists the things he doesn't like about donna like her watching x factor her gossiping he doesn't appreciate yeah. hun culture <laughs> he doesn't know what he's missing out on <laughs> i think that was the first time i've ever heard the term hun culture but i love it so much <laughs> oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah you you just know like fucking lance like if lance was around today he'd be just absolutely he he'd have twitter blue first of all he'd oh have God, a blue yeah. check mark on twitter and he'd be like oh taylor swift's not real music like you all you fucking swifties going mad for eras tickets like fuck you you don't know what real music is like biggest incel going lance oh, the is. worst kind of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um <laughs> the the Ragnos call says to the doctor who well not say, about the doctor she says who is this little physician which i think is a fun way to refer to him honestly i quite like that um do you have any thoughts on all this sort of stuff just this whole scene overall with lance and the reveal and everything um, like this might talk about lance later <laughs> okay yeah fair enough fair enough no, I get you. but yeah, <laughs> it's good. All right. Just the, the doctor says Shazam at one point, which I thought was very weird. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. What point? Do you know what point you say? Like... I think it might be just before that scene when they're in the fake little science lab. I love a. Oh, right. I love a fake. I'm because I'm, I'm a scientist by trade, so I love a fake science lab. So I love when they say right, okay. it's about particles. So you see all the water yeah. bubbling through and they're like, oh yeah, that's how science works. <laughs> <laughs> like what is clearly just like some sort of like 
um, like basement, yeah. like fucking <laughs> industrial rooms, some sort of, you know, and they're like, oh, this is vaguely science-y. Yeah. Sure, let's <laughs> let's use this. Yeah, I, I love all that sort of stuff when they just dress something up, the vagueness of it all. Um, they're, they're in um, the Doctor and Donna are back in the TARDIS. He's summoned the TARDIS with the particles, bit of fun. Um, I enjoy that. Um, and then they're going to see like the formation of the Earth, which is quite interesting. Um, but the Doctor, he literally just pulls out the fucking the extrapolator from series one that him and Jack <laughs> used just like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I guess this has just been on the floor for two years. Well, their TARDIS is cluttered. <laughs> Rose is leaving her well, jacket yeah. out. Everyone's leaving yeah. shit everywhere. What a mess that place <laughs> is, man, honestly. But, um, <laughs> just This bit is real. When he talks about the like formation of the earth, this is real, like yes. back to school. Doctor Who's teaching yeah. us about science now. We're all going to learn something. Yeah. I think that's quite rare I think these it's days. Rare, yeah. Or maybe it's not. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's happened in quite a while. I can't remember some of the more recent stuff. But yeah, I think most most of the time it's just, uh, you know, cool, shiny action and weird adventures and stuff. But yeah, it is rare that you get a, oh, and this is how science works. Yeah. And you, most of the time it's wrong <laughs> and bullshit. <laughs> But, but David Tennant sells it because he has such like yeah. an awe in his voice when he's talking about it and the making of Planet Earth. So he, he just like, I, nails those kind of little scenes. I do always love a David Tennant explaining something sequence and like the the excited way he gets about it. And even like Dono would often slap him and that type yeah. of stuff because he just rambles on. But yeah, I always enjoy those kind of sequences. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and again, just showcase David Tennant's um, just range really. And he is always greater that sort of stuff well we learn that the at the center of the earth yes the ragnos egg <laughs> yes um so the earth was formed around um a spaceship i guess um and a lot of uh spider babies so that's pretty bizarre but <laughs> i mean <laughs> more strange stuff has happened in doctor who and yeah. will happen down the line one thing in particular <laughs> um but <laughs> you know sure i, I guess this can Just happen a surprising amount of things in Doctor Who are eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big, you know, <laughs> big. Um, I was trying to think of a scientific term for a moon, but I couldn't think of one. And now celestial I, body. Celestial like body. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, this is something. I'm not sure if you haven't noticed this, but when um, I was just jumping ahead slightly, I guess. But when they get back to where you know the Ragnos is and they're saving the day and Lance is killed and all that sort of shit. Um, and then the Doctor stops um, the Ragnos and starts to flood the whole lab, I guess. Um, we get the first mention of Gallifrey in uh, New Who. It's not been mentioned since the revival. This is the first... Really? Yeah, this is the first on-screen mention since it came back. That's so... I just feel like him and Rose would have talked about it. <laughs> they, they, they did. They talked about, like, the Time Lords and his people and his planet, but the, just the word specifically Gallifrey mm -hmm. never been mentioned up until this point, so... I know it's cheesy, but I always love a big, like, dramatic reveal that he's a Time Lord yeah. and then people <laughs> reacting to it. The moment that I always think about is the one in, I think it's the next Christmas special, the one with Kindly, anyway, on the, the space Titanic where there's just that big, I'm the Doctor, and there's just big dramatic music behind it and he just has this whole fanfare and stuff. It's, it's so, like, it's such a built-for-a-trailer moment. It's yeah. such a, like, big, dramatic put a big third and break up each sequence behind it but it works it's good do they ever do like a like a 
like making fun of it like oh i'm the doctor and da, 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 da. do they do they do something like that they do they do <laughs> they have one it's actually in the the 50th anniversary special there's the there's the one where david tennant is chasing a zygon and he's talking to what he thinks is like, it's like, I'm the doctor. I'm from the planet Gallifrey. And you are basically just a bunny rabbit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that one yeah. is fun. I like that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, good fun. Um, but yeah, so the doctor is like pretty fucking murderous, I guess. Pretty just insane. He's very murderous. Yeah. I, I kind of like in the show that the doctor's morals are always changing. Yeah. You know, sometimes he's fine to kill. Sometimes he's like, if you open up the dictionary and you look at genocide, there'll be me there saying no. It just yeah. depends on the day. Yeah, it does, I guess. Um, I, I kind of like this moment, though, because I feel like it makes sense in terms of, like, where he's at in his character. Because the way I think about it is, like, Rose was... I'm talking about Rose again. Rose was a very big part of, like, uh, helping him progress from the Time War, basically. Like, when they met, he was... You know, he was soaked in fire and blood and he was just come off from his point of view, destroying his whole planet and this type of stuff. And he was angry and he was someone who would, you know, kill without hesitation, all this type of stuff and do what he needed to do. And because of her, they worked on that. She worked to soften him and that type of stuff and help him to get to a better place. And then I kind of like that, like immediately after he's lost her, he kind of backpedals into that mindset sort Mm -hmm. of. He, He loses his way a little bit which is quite interesting i kind of yeah. like that and it shows like because I, I guess someone that didn't really like the show would be like what's <clears throat> the point of the companion they're just there <clears throat> to like make the doctor look good but i think this shows like how they ground him and they bring that connection with humanity because you have donna yeah. being like stop you're going too far yeah, yeah. I, I do like that donna's the one to to pull him back a bit and mm-hmm. to to say like you need to stop this now you dickhead like yeah yeah, you're right it does kind of like earn the place of the companion i guess really which is um needed uh often um the first saxon mention in this episode um first mention of i think they say orders from mr saxon so i guess he's in charge of like the military or whatever but as a kid i always loved like the the torch the bad wolf the torture the sax like all those kind of stuff but like now i'm older i was like it's a bit ridiculous like (laughs) Three seasons on the run, they yeah. <laughs> hide words in the show. Yeah, I feel like it was done so well in the first series because yeah. you you didn't notice it up until, like, they have the moment where they're like, oh, I've heard that a lot. Like, what's going on there? Um, but then I, I feel like straight away you notice the Torchwood thing and then, like, yeah. the, the Saxon thing. It was so obvious from, like, the first mention everyone knew what was going because there was vote saxon posters everywhere i think it even showed up in torchwood as well yeah. it was it was all over the place um and it wasn't subtle but um, yeah interesting though interesting yeah. um what kind of ecological disaster would the thames being drained cause quite a big one i think a big one also who wants to see what's actually at the bottom of the thames oh my god what an absolute nightmare that would be do you know how many bodies would be down there oh yeah i don't want to think about the thames is so fucking gross as well it is foul yeah um but yeah that's like that's all of london's water supply that's like fucking it's well it's it's everything basically i feel like a lot of shit would get fucked up because of that. I do want to um, 
shout out Donna climbing up that ladder in a soaking wedding dress. That thing oh, yeah. would be so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> she was just climbing up there like a pro. <laughs> I never thought about that, actually. Yeah, that's, that's quite impressive. I do like the moment as well where where they kind of like build up the big moment where Donna has to like do a Spider-Man swing. And then it's just that weird little yeah. slapstick comedy moment where she just falls. And I think they even have like a generic like comedy sound yeah. effect with like a little bonk effect or something. She doesn't have her bronze medal, whatever rose. No, she's, <laughs> she, she is not. It. No, she has not got her bronze gymnastics like Rose has. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, she hasn't got Rose's arms, um, unfortunately. Uh, but there we go. How do you feel about Ro- uh, Rose, uh, Donna? Like the doctor asking her to come with him and her being saying no to him, basically. I I mean, it's hard because she does eventually go with him. But I yeah. like the idea that she saw this part of the doctor and she saw kind of this like darkness almost to him. And she was like, no, I can't. I can't be part of that. I need to like move on yeah. by myself. I think that is like an interesting turn to take. Obviously, they have to walk it back because they decide they want to bring Donna back. Yeah, which is fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm the same. I kind of like that, uh, first of all, she's like, no, this isn't for me. This seems like this this whole world is too far. You just made it snow. Like, what the fuck? Who does that? Um, yeah, pretty scary stuff. I, I do like it. I like um, it, the difference of it, because like I say, we've had, you know, two seasons of someone who has worshipped the ground this man walks on and loves everything about him. So it's nice change of pace to see like someone be like, oh, no, no, thank you. This this seems scary and I don't want to do it, um, which is I feel like what I do. Like, I don't want any part of this, man. This seems like a lot. <laughs> it's... I'd want it, the problem is I'd want to go on like one fun thing where we promise yeah. no shenanigans are going to happen. <laughs> but I don't think the doctor can but make he... that kind of promise. <laughs> He says that all the time. They're always like, we'll just do one fun adventure, just be chill, okay, and then the next one, you know, fucking Daleks are chasing you down a hallway or whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, no, I'm the same. I, I wouldn't want to do anything like that. Um, I, I really like the ending of this episode, just the um, just the way that, like, he he's going to fuck off and the doctor calls him back, and I, I like the way she asks him about Rose, and she, she asks him what was her name. Because I feel like, like we mentioned it a little bit earlier, there's there was quite a few moments where she tried to talk to him and he just flat out refused. He just ignored it and carried on. And I like that it was, I feel like her getting him to say her name was more for him than for anything. It wasn't her wondering anything. It was because like she knows that he needs to address this. He needs to face his grief and move on rather than just like hide and ignore it, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know how much we're bringing in that we know the do- Doctor and Donna's relationship, but I do feel like in one episode, they really understood each other. Like um, yeah. when she's talking about Lance and she's like, oh, he deserved it. He's like, you don't mean that. And she's like, no, mm. I don't. Like they they kind yeah. of knew who each other was straight away, which is really yeah. nice about them. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. It is something that comes back to play later on in quite a big way. So yeah, interesting stuff. And yeah, it is, it is weird to think about now that you like... How much did they plan in advance? And I, and I don't think they did. I think it's all just happy accidents, really. But yeah, but it's, definitely interesting. I, I don't want to talk too much about what's to come, but the way it lies. Oh, we do it all the time. So don't, perfect, we do it all the time. Um, yeah. With uh, Donna's whole arc of being, you know, insignificant. And like, she literally says at one point, like, she's nothing. She's not important. And it's so yeah. funny that. That's, that's a big yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's such, such a big moment later on. 
Um, do you have any final thoughts before we move on to uh, our famous segment? No, I just thought it, I thought it was a good no. episode. I thought it was a good Christmas yeah. one, even though not very Christmassy. Yes, <laughs> that's true. I, I've never really thought about that until today, but you're right. Yeah, it's it's um, one of the least Christmas Christmassy episodes. I'm trying to think about others now. Um, oh, David Tennant's last episode is not that Christmassy, not Christmassy really. Either. And I don't think that's no. like written to be that Christmassy, really, at all. Yeah, it's yeah, it's more written for him yeah. basically but but yeah um yeah good point all right uh here we go weirdo of the week weirdo Every single week, I have to tell Lawrence off for dancing to all the theme music. <laughs> and I thought this week it'll be a nice, refreshing change of pace. I won't have to tell anyone off because Catherine's here instead. Um, and I'm not going to tell her off, but there was some dancing. I'll just let you all know. I just think you shouldn't pick theme songs that are bops if you don't want people to bop along. That's exactly <laughs> what I was um, Fair point, fair point. It is my fault, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, so this is everyone's favourite segment of the show where we get the chance to take a look back and reflect on some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week. Um, Catherine, you kind of hinted at it, but do you have, or who is your weirdo uh, that you're celebrating this week? I'm Well, I'm not celebrating them. Let's be real okay, clear. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair. I'm acting against them. Um, I'm picking Lance because any man who's happy to betray the entire human race to fuck a spider, I am not okay with that. <laughs> That's so weird. That's that's monster fucking to the next level, man. That is that is insane. Um, but yeah, no, like, that's that's absolutely fair. I can't wrap my head around what his end goal was. They destroy the human race, and he just lives with spider people forever. I guess. Like, did he really think like these spiders who eat everything and eat humans and will destroy the whole world are going to be like? Oh no, but he's okay. Yeah. Like he's he's fine. We won't eat him when all the other ones have been died out and there's nothing left to eat. We'll be he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, strange bloke. Don't like him. He is weird. And I'm glad he's dead. So so there we go. You don't have the moral compass that Donna has. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Not with weirdos like him. Dude wants to fuck a spider, man. Like, what the fuck? Um, so, and speaking of spiders, my weirdo for this week is the Empress herself, the Empress of the Arachnos, um, for two specific reasons. First of all, she's a giant alien spider who, for some reason, knows an awful lot about Earth wedding customs and keeps making wedding puns. She's like, oh, till death do us part and all awfully wedded and all this sort of stuff, which just seemed quite strange. Um, and then secondly, and this is... More like what we was talking about a little bit. But uh, because, again, she's a giant alien spider, but for some reason keeps hissing like a cat, um, which is both annoying and confusing. All the time, she's just like... Yeah. Like this for some reason. Um, and it was so annoying. It was so bad it. when it was the big pivotal moment and, you know, the yeah. fires were going and David Tennant was <laughs> acting and then she was just like... Yes. It was so bad. <laughs> it was insane, yeah. I didn't like it. Um, but but there we go, there we go. That's uh, my weirdo. Two good weirdos will, this week. Two good weirdos. I will say about mm. her, she's a bit of a feminist icon though, because Ooh. she's like, I'm going to kill you anyway because you didn't treat your woman right. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> All right, we stand the queen. We stand the spider queen. <laughs> no, don't get that far. Okay. Uh, there we go. Um, all right, so that, that about does it. Oh, fuck. Lawrence usually does this bit. I'm lost now. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that about um, does it for this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'll just give some final thoughts overall. I enjoyed the episodes. Good bit of Christmas fun. Um, good introduction to Catherine Tate, and we'll obviously see her again later down the line. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited for, for season three now. So there we go. Anything else? Any final thoughts? Wrap up? No, it did just make me want to keep watching it. And I am like, maybe I just keep free watching Doctor Who now forever and get the whole through the whole thing. <laughs> join us, join us, come on the journey, yeah. watch it every week. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I say it often, like a lot of the times I just want to immediately play the next one. I've, do you get that with Mystic? Like, do you? Yeah, absolutely. Because every single episode of The Vampire Diaries ends on a freaking cliffhanger. Oh God, yeah. So you always want to watch the next one. It's so annoying. CW shows are famous for that. I used yeah. to watch um, Arrow and um, the early days of The Flash, and they were both like every single episode. It was just the biggest cliffhanger ever, and it was mm-hmm. oh, those bastards. They're so good. Um, but yeah, um, so that's about it. Thank you for joining me this week, Catherine, and filling in for Lawrence. I really appreciate it. Um, Missing Mystic Falls comes out every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, if I get it out on time, which <laughs> happens a lot. Um, I know we, that feeling. <laughs> we are just wrapping up the end of season one. Um, so we've got the season finale coming out. We're recording it this weekend, so coming out very soon. Woohoo! Go check it out. It's a good time available on all podcast platforms, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast from, we'll be there. Are you on Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, so we are on Twitter at Miss Misting Fall, Miss Mystic Falls Pod and Instagram at Missing Mystic Falls Pod. I'll have some links uh, in the description below as well so you can check that out. Do you want to plug your own Twitter or do you not want to do that? Yeah, yeah. you can do. Um, my Twitter is, if we're still using Twitter, is uh, <laughs> Kathy underscore Scratch. I don't know why. Yeah. That's just my Twitter. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Maybe we'll all have made the move over to Threads, which we have, but we are on Threads now. You can follow us uh, at Still Got Legs Pod. I think it is. Um, we're also on Instagram, but we literally only made the Instagram so we can use Threads. So there's nothing there. So don't really bother following that. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yet we also have another podcast. Me and Lawrence do every week called Another Happy Pod. Feel free to check that out. It's our pop culture podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and sometimes just random shit that we come up with. Uh, so check that out um rate us five stars do all that stuff you know what to do can you tell lawrence does this and i don't know what the (laughs) fuck i'm saying here figure it out you know what to do um and that is just about it for this week so we'll see you next week uh say hi to your mum for me Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.